so glad to be with you all this morning and to be starting our new series, which is in Jeremiah. So I encourage you this morning, if you have a physical Bible with you, to pull it out. It's always great to have a Bible app and have the Bible accessible wherever we go. But I do want to encourage you, if you have a physical Bible this morning, to pull that out. We are starting a new series in Jeremiah, and I'm excited to be here while David is away. So I joked in the first service, while I have more hair, I'm not sure that um, I'll I'll speak as well as David, but um, I'm excited to be sharing with you what the Lord has laid on my heart for this passage. So we are in Jeremiah, and today we are looking at Jeremiah 1-5, specifically and talking about purpose. Um, But I wanted to start with some context about Jeremiah and talking through this first chunk of scripture that we're going to be coming to. If you're unfamiliar with Jeremiah, it's an Old Testament book, and it is a book that plays a strategic role in God's revelation of his purpose, which he will ultimately fulfill in Jesus Christ, which we know by reading the New Testament. Much of Jeremiah's prophecy warns of the external religion over faith in God, and it also points to the sovereign purpose of God to redeem a people to himself. So I want to start by reading through Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. So again, if you have a physical Bible, um, no need to read aloud, but follow with me in your Bible. The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations, but I protested. Oh no, Lord God, look, I don't know how to speak since I am only a youth. Then the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of anyone, for I will be with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. See, I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms, to uproot and tear down, to destroy and demolish, to build and to plant. These verses are God's call to Jeremiah, and they serve as a reminder that God had given Jeremiah a purpose, but he also gives us a purpose, and we'll discern some of this this morning while looking at Jeremiah and also comparing it to some New Testament texts. Purpose and calling are often used interchangeably, especially in church and Christian circles. We often use purpose and calling. It's specifically what God's purpose is for us and what he has called us to do. And we often use those words interchangeably, but they actually mean different things. Purpose is the reason that something exists, but calling, which is a little different, means a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action, especially where there is a conviction of divine influence. Calling is how we fulfill our purpose, and Jeremiah's purpose, which we read in verse 4, is to be a prophet of all nations, but his calling, which we read in verse 10, was to uproot, destroy, demolish, but also to build and to plant. We, like Jeremiah, have purpose, especially for those of us that are in Christ, and we have been called to this purpose. Purpose. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Paul reminds us again of our purpose in Ephesians 1.9, because you might be thinking, well, what is our purpose? 
Ephesians 1.9 says, He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring together everything in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth to him. God's ultimate plan of redemption, which we see from Genesis to Revelation, is to bring his people back to him, to redeem us to him. And so all of us that are in Christ have the same purpose, which is this purpose. Let's read again in Romans 8, 28, and we're going to read a couple more verses with it this time. We know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. With this in mind, I want to go back and look at our passage in Jeremiah this morning, looking at it and considering it to be kind of a roadmap for how we might approach purpose and calling. So let's start by looking at Jeremiah 1.5. So again, if you have your Bible, we're going to kind of break this up into sections. So first, we're going to look at Jeremiah 1.5. It says, The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So often when we hear this verse, especially the first half of this verse, that the Lord chose us before we were formed in the womb and we were set apart, we often hear that in pro-life contexts. And while it is true that we are eke uniquely and purposefully knit together in our mother's wombs, this passage here in Jeremiah um, isn't necessarily getting to that point, and it's more about the call that, that God has placed on Jeremiah's life and his purpose. In this passage, God is reminding Jeremiah who he is and from where he comes. Before Jeremiah was even conceived in the womb, God knew him and consecrated him and appointed him as his prophet. His foreknowledge of Jeremiah is more than a prediction or simply seeing the future. It establishes a relationship between God and someone he has chosen for his specific purpose. In Romans 8.29 we read, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So we can see in these texts between Jeremiah in the Old Testament and Romans in the New Testament, that like Jeremiah, we have been called to a purpose. God knew us before we were even born. Jeremiah was set apart and appointed to be a prophet of all nations. That was God's purpose for his life. And those that are in Christ have been also set apart. We are called to this purpose, which is to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what I think is really fascinating about this passage in Jeremiah is that Jeremiah's response to God telling him that he has uh, foreknown that Jeremiah would be a prophet and that he is called to this, Jeremiah's response is so human and much like my response at times and probably yours as well. And Jeremiah protests God, saying in Jeremiah 1.6, but I protested, oh no, Lord God, look, I don't know how to speak since I am only a youth. And this sort of reaction to God's call on someone's life is not unique to Jeremiah or us, but we see it in other places in Scripture. And as I was studying, Jonah came to mind. 
We read in Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it, for their evil has come up before me. Jonah got up to flee Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. This is something that we see often in scripture, our innate desire to try to run away from God's calling. And there could be a lot of reasons that we protest or question God's calling. It could be fear, just being afraid of the unknown or the path set before us. If you've called to be a doctor, for example, you know that that requires lots of medical school and expensive tuition and training. And regardless of the calling, the specific calling that God has placed on your life and the purpose that he has given you, it might be scary to carry those things out. So it might be surrounded with anxiety. It could also be a lack of feeling equipped knowing that God has called you to something um, and not necessarily having the skill set or the means to accomplish that. But it could also be the enemy whose desire is to kill, steal, and destroy. He does not want to see us fulfill our purpose in Christ. And so he wants us to feel anxious and fearful about the things that God has called us to do. But we should be encouraged that throughout scripture, God chooses those who are not necessarily equipped to do the thing that God has called them to do. We see the aged, which is Abraham, the inarticulate, which is Moses, the obscure like Gideon, the morally blemished like Jacob, and even the suffering in the form of the suffering servant, Jesus. But even after Jeremiah's protest, God graciously reminds Jeremiah of the calling that he has placed on his life and then equips him to walk forward in this calling. I think so often we think of God as an angry parent where if we protest, you know, God might respond angrily. But instead, here in this passage, God is a gracious and kind God. And even when Jeremiah says, but God... God responds graciously and full of kindness in verse 9. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. See, I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and demolish, to build and to plant. God could have said, Jeremiah, you've protested, I'm taking this calling away from you. But instead, God gives Jeremiah a purpose and calls him to his purpose and then equips him to be able to go do it. So I think that should be encouraging and edifying for us that oftentimes we are not equipped to do something that God has called us to do until after we have been called. Again, in verse 9, then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. Similarly, I was reminded of Moses, who also had that but God moment. He said in Exodus 4.10, but Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or recently, or since you have been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. The Lord said to him, Who placed a mouth on humans? Who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. 
once God had called both Jeremiah and Moses, it is then he said, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. God didn't say, you know all the right things to say, so now I'm going to choose you to do this because we can do nothing apart from him, and so we need to rely on him. And I'm sure um, in our finite wisdom, that's probably why God chooses those of us who are not yet equipped. Because we so often, especially in church culture, hear the adage, God does not call the equipped, but he equips the called. It's something that's often encouraged me, but it's not just something that gets put on a bumper sticker or a Lifeway t-shirt in 2005 with some like weird iPod graphic on it. But it's also not just something that we can use to make ourselves feel better whenever we feel like we're failing in the calling that God has provided for us. God calls us unto him, and it is then that he equips us to do good works for him. Ephesians 8.30 says, And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. It is after we have been called that we are justified, and we are glorified, and we are equipped. This passage in Jeremiah, Jeremiah reminds us that Christians have purpose and calling, and that even though we may protest, God will equip us to walk forward in the calling he has given us to bring this purpose to fulfillment and fruition, not so that we can boast, but so that ultimately people see Jesus in us and they are drawn to him. We have the same purpose, all of us who are in Christ, which is to glorify God and make much of the name of Jesus, but our specific callings might look different. Jeremiah was called to uproot and to tear down to destroy and demolish, and to build and to plant. I'm sure there are people in this room that have been called to those things. I do not necessarily feel that the Lord has called me to do those things. So our callings, both those in the Bible and those of us that are here present now, they might and likely will look different. But in discerning, our callings can be different. For example, I shared in the first service, you know, we are called to be the hands and the feet of the church. And if there are 10 feet that can cook really well for a church supper, then who's going to be at the door greeting? So we are all called to different things, and we are all equipped with different skill sets, with different personality temperaments for the glory of God. I think oftentimes we think that discerning our callings should be mystical perhaps because discerning our callings can be really hard and I know even personally so often I wish God would just put a movie screen before me or audibly whisper in my ear what I should do and while he does do that for some people that is not he's never done that for me um has anyone in here seen the show manifest on Netflix Okay, just me and Andrew. Andrew didn't even raise his hand. Okay, one person. Andrew's probably ashamed to say that he's watched it because he's so tired of watching it. But in this show, I'll give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. These people, they leave Jamaica on a plane in the year 2013. And then when they land, they get out of the plane and it's 2018. They've missed five and a half years. And so everyone in this span of time over the last five years have thought that this plane full of passengers landed somewhere in the ocean and they died. So everyone is really shocked whenever they arrive in 2018 uh, in their full bodies and the plane intact. And so everyone that has survived this um, mysterious 
plane situation, which we're still watching it, so I'm not sure what happens. Um, they all have um, these visions that they call in the show callings. So oftentimes whenever um, they're getting near to a dog who might help lead them to a criminal that can be arrested and a conviction can be made, they'll, um, they'll like close their eyes and it's very like, it's a visceral like physical reaction and they'll, this like movie will play in front of their eyes of the scene that's about to happen. Sometimes it's really specific, other times it's really mysterious and they have to discern for themselves what these callings mean. And so, so often, I think that's how we would love to see God work. I know I would love to oftentimes just hear this audible voice of God telling me specifically what I should do. Yes, you should take this job or you should move to this house. And so I've even played a Bible roulette where I just like close my eyes and I just, I'm like, dear God, please, I'm going to open this Bible. Let it be a verse that speaks directly to my situation and just open it up and just like see a verse and somehow figure out how that verse might relate to my situation, which the Bible is, um, as we discussed in our last series, it is a tool, it is a double-edged sword, and so it's full of wisdom, but I don't think that's how God intended the Bible to be read. And so discerning our callings can be really challenging, and the Holy Spirit does work in a supernatural way, but maybe not always or even usually in this really tangible way that I think we would love to see. God's unique calling for each of us can be difficult to discern, but you know it when you experience it. When I was 18, I felt the Lord calling me to worship ministry. And just like Jeremiah and even Moses, I protested. I said, God, I love the church and I love music, but I do not want to be a worship leader. But it is after this calling him, softening my heart, then he began to provide me with more leadership skills, and I grew in my musical skills, and he began providing opportunities for me to walk forward in obedience. When I was interviewing some pastors for a project for the Library of Congress that I've been doing this past year, I interviewed Pastor David among several other pastors. And one of them said, because one of my questions was, how did you enter the ministry? Were you called to ministry? Was it a supernatural calling? And he said, yes, I felt called to ministry. Um, I was like a decent speaker and I loved Jesus. But it was through, it was after I felt this calling to ministry that I began walking forward in obedience. And then not only did I feel the Lord growing me in these areas, but he also confirmed my calling by the people around me. So sometimes God places people in our life, our family, our friends, our church members who can speak into us and say, yes, you're really good at speaking. Or no, you're not the best teacher. Maybe God has gifted you in some other way. So with these things in mind, we have to remember that when, when we feel God calling us to something, there are different things that kind of help us determine if there are callings or not. Um, does the Lord give you an opportunity to do the thing? Is it scriptural? Do you either have this gift set already or is God opening up pathways for you to have this gift set? Because we know that when God calls us to something, we're usually not automatically equipped to do those things. I had a friend that um, had felt the Lord leading her to lead worship, and she said that God provided her an opportunity, and she was thinking that maybe God was testing her to see if she would say yes and fail. I'm like, well, first of all, God doesn't test us, and second of all, God would not provide us an opportunity to glorify and honor him just for us to fail and for him not to be glorified. So, so often it's hard to discern these things, and we like to over-spiritualize it. 
But even though we might have a hard time discerning our specific calling on our lives, God has a, a very general calling on our lives and the things that we should do, such as defend the poor and the needy, which we see in Proverbs 31, verses 8 through 9. We're called to seek justice in 2 Isaiah 1, 17. We're called to live a holy life in 2 Timothy 1.10. We're called to act justly and love mercy in Micah 6.8, of which loving our God and our neighbors should be foremost, which we see in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 8. What we are called to beyond this general calling to love others and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around us sometimes feels like a mystery. But 1 Peter 4.10 reminds us, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. God has given each of us a purpose which is to love him and glorify him and share the gospel of Jesus Christ around him because God's whole plan from the beginning of time was to redeem a people to himself. God has a specific calling on our lives. For Jeremiah, it was to uproot and to tear down and destroy and to be a prophet. For many of us, that might look different. I know for me, it's different. And even in our community group and being community with all these people, I know that many of them aren't called to those things. So what are you called to? God has a specific calling on your life. So this morning, survey what what gifts God has given you. Has he given you a willingness to work with children? Maybe you have a short temper and you have some ways that you can grow, but maybe that's God's preparing your heart to serve in kids' ministry. Maybe you're really joyful and you love people and you love people making people feel welcome. Maybe you should be a door greeter. There are different places, not only in the church, um, but in the secular world, to serve God and love him. I remember a good analogy. It was talking about, you know, how so often as Christians, we think that we have to be um, a Christian insurance salesman. We have to be a Christian realtor. But, you know, you can be a good plumber that is kind to people and is the hands and feet of Jesus without having a cross on the side of your truck. So God has called us to these things. And so this morning, what opportunities have you received? Do they allow you to walk in the gifts God has given you? Do they align with scripture? Pray this morning that God would reveal these things to you as you discern his specific calling on your life. Because like Jeremiah, God has called us to a purpose. He has given us a specific calling so that we can honor and glorify him with our lives. Amen. We are so thankful that we can come together and worship you, God, for who you are. We're so thankful that you have given each of us a purpose in Jesus Christ, and you have called us to do your good works. And we're encouraged and edified that we can't do it on our own. We need you. And that it's after you've called us that you equip us to go and do these things, because we can do nothing apart from you. As we sang this morning before the message, Lord, we need you. We need you in all areas of our lives, but especially as we discern our calling. We know our purpose, but you have called us each to something specific so that we can glorify you with our lives, whether it's just being a parent, not that you're ever just a parent, 
Maybe it's working in the workforce. Maybe it's doing ministry. Maybe it's volunteer work. We know that when we ask that you are gracious and kind to answer us, and that when you equip us to something, or when you call us to something, you equip us. So please soften our hearts as we discern what you are having us to do in our lives. Our ultimate prayer is that you would be glorified in all that we do. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.